Welcome to Beyond the Label podcast by the Blue Journal, where we are not defined by labels or society. Prepare to be inspired by guests who went on a non-traditional path, career choices, living abroad, relationships, self-exploration, and more. This is a safe space to be yourself unapologetically, with no limits to what we can achieve. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Beyond the Label podcast. This is Leanne, your host, and today we have with us two very inspiring young leaders who I'm very excited to interview and to talk about taboo topics and a lot on female empowerment. They are both currently final year students from the University of Hong Kong and core team members of the organization, Ama Ko Ko Sally. Please welcome Bidua, chairperson of the organization, and Sharon, its general secretary. Hi, Bidua and Sharon. Hi. I want to start off with asking more about your organization. So, on the Ama Ko Ko Sally website, it says empowering women of color, and that is not a statement you see every day. But it already feels so relatable and empowering already. So, can you tell us more about the organization's values and what you guys do? So, the key value of our organization is to have an intersectional approach to feminism. A lot of times, when you look at feminism, conventionally it's looked through a really white lens. It's white-centered that doesn't include the experiences of women of color who come from diverse cultural background, religious background. So, we really wanted to see how gender issues affect. Women of color disproportionately, and how differently it really affects them. That is such an important issue to tackle right now in the society. What inspired you to create this organization? Because these are not everyday topics that you know teachers teach in school. So we really wanted to focus on gender issues because that's something we've always been mm-hmm. passionate about. And we started off with the issue of chowpuri, which is the menstrual practice that is followed in Nepal. Um, how women and girls who are menstruating are supposed to be kept separately, and you know, in Nepal they're kept in like huts in the far west side of Nepal's villages, where they're kept in like cow sheds or huts when they're menstruating, so they're not supposed to touch anyone. So they're basically untouchable. And we were really inspired by this tradition that. Happens even in Hong Kong to an extent where we're not supposed to touch the godly paraphernalia or you know attend religious you know activities. So we were really wanted to like learn more about this tradition, why it happens. So we wanted to focus on this for our first project. I know that this project actually made your organization quite well known, and you both took a trip to Nepal to physically raise this issue of period hygiene and to tackle this taboo. This is just amazing! Like it is so courageous. I would have never thought about this when I was in university, and to go to a country where. I don't speak the language. I don't think I would have done this, and I just admire you girls so much for it. Like really going to the center of the problem and doing something to change it. And I think that is something that we all should learn. Like to actually go do action when you find a problem. And you were a few years younger when you went, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what was the main motivation for this campaign? 
Well, I think one of it was to really tackle that menstrual taboo、mm-hmm. so that women wouldn't be banished in, out to the cow sheds.、Um, and the thing with this practice in particular is that it has resulted in a lot of deaths for women who are menstruating and、yeah. even their children. For example,、mm-hmm. if their children are still not old enough to stay on their own, then the mother will take her kids to the cow shed, especially in winter when they have to light a fire. Um, yeah. And they don't have any windows in the cow sheds.、Wow. They might end up passing away from suffocation as well as their children. And there are also cases of rape and snake bites doing this practice. So we kind of wanted to dismantle that、um, menstrual taboo in order to, you know, just prevent deaths and also rapes. From what I heard, it doesn't sound safe at all, and the cowshed is definitely not somewhere people would just travel to to see what happened or just to visit. You really need to have a purpose to go there. And were you and your family worried about the safety aspects of this trip? I think our parents were. We、yeah. were. <laughs> my my parents were really paranoid. My father、yeah. especially. He would like tell me to like be careful. If you feel unsafe, then you leave the village. And like personally, we were all like really afraid of the weather as well because we went、mm. there in June, and that's when it rains heavily.、Uh, monsoon season. Yeah, so it was actually really risky. Yes, <laughs> we did. Honestly <laughs>、oh, speaking, because like it's pretty far、yeah. from the city as well. So it's like in the far like west side.、It's、very rural. Yeah, really rural. It's like really far away as well. Like my parents would probably never know where I am and like how to get to where、yeah. I am if anything happens.、So、that was like a concern, and also like the weather. Like, cause we had to like take a domestic flight from the city、yeah. itself. So we took two planes: one to、yeah. Kathmandu, and then another one to, to the, the city area, city area for that district. Yeah, and then we had to take another van, a minivan. And that was what was、road. risky, cause the roads、wow. were like. Where they weren't perfect, they weren't pitched. Yeah. So if it rained, we'd probably die. It would have been muddy and yeah, flooded as well. But I think we didn't really care so much. We were just very passionate <laughs>、yeah. about this project. All we were thinking about, oh, we really want to do this project. And yeah. Even though our parents were warning us, yeah, we, we didn't really want for it. Yeah. Also, like we made the trip earlier. Like so, we ended up going right before the monsoon. So that was like really good. Yeah. We chose like、okay. a perfect time to go to. So basically, when we left the village, that's when the monsoon season really started.、Mm. So that was a good timing. Yeah. Wow. So it was really an adventure. Do you guys manage to see everything, like the cowsheds and the living situation?、Uh, yeah. We basically lived in like we didn't live. We know we didn't live in a cowshed. <laughs> But we like <laughs>、um, go and like the young girls, the students,、yeah. they、yeah. told us they showed us the cowshed,、yeah. and we did manage to like stay there, like. Just to experience, see、yeah. what that experience is like. Wow. So, what was it like? Like, was there any facilities like bathrooms or showers? No. <laughs> like the whole village was just like the normal houses. Yeah. Yeah. Like there wasn't any hotel or anything, which、oh、I was kind of expecting. Like, <laughs> like small. Like I really had no idea what it would be like. Like I expected at least like electricity and. Like internet to be working at least, but none of that was really there. So it was really hard because there was no fans. We had to like fan ourselves, and our battery would keep running out, and we、yeah. couldn't charge it. So it was surprising because we、yeah. weren't expecting that, and it was a challenging. But it was also really like a whole journey for us, honestly. And that was、wow. just the place we were living. The actual、yeah. um shed where the girls would live during their menstruation. It was just 
it was like what there was no bed even it was like a wood and like yeah. stilts right yeah so it was like a wood uh propped up on stilts and then there would be hay to cover like as a roof wow you really brought yourself to live in the shoes and i just want to say this again like you girls are just so brave for doing this I am also so curious that when you girls went to the village and you were bringing all these new ideas to the villagers about the hygiene of the sheds and to tackle the taboo of menstruation, it's obviously very new to them. And did you guys encounter any challenges from the government or any local authorities? There weren't like any challenges, like any resistance from them, I would say. But I did feel like as the female leader of this project, right? I felt like there was this, like, I don't know, minor sexism, I guess. Like, disregard. Yeah, disregard for, like, my leadership or my voice. Because there was only one male participant who was a volunteer in our project. And I felt Mm -hmm. like even though he was just a volunteer, they would always talk to him first. Even though I'm the one talking to them, even though I'm the one standing, like, in front of everyone else, like, you know, standing ahead of the group, I would be ignored and they would just look at the guy, like the male participant of the group. So I felt that a lot of times in the entire village experience, wherever I went to meet like the principal of the school or, you know, other, you know, any male authority figure, I would always feel a little ignored in that sense. Yeah. But that was about it. But I felt like overall, like they were pretty like supportive, I would say. Okay. Yeah. They didn't mention our project just because we were from outside. Yeah. Would you say they were quite acceptive of your ideas? Yeah. Wow, this project is so impactful. I am so excited to see the changes you've brought upon these girls and how a school project can really change lives. So other than this project, I hear that you have this new project coming up that focuses on the topic of sexual harassment on the street. Can you share with us more about the focus of this topic and where will it be launched? Well, this project will focus on the sexual harassment that a lot of women and girls face in the streets specifically. So it's just that I think this is an issue that a lot of people will ask us to ignore, like even in our Mm -hmm. own experiences or our friends' experiences, male figures, or even their own female family members, right? Would tell them um, if someone catcalls you or stares at you in the streets, just ignore and walk away. But the truth is it is very uncomfortable and it feels very disrespectful. This problem is so prevalent no matter where we are, even in a super developed city like, say, Hong Kong. So we really want to highlight the issue that this happens everywhere and it's uncomfortable and disrespectful every time it happens. And that shouldn't be normalized. Yeah. It is so great that you guys are talking about this and it just never gets talked about enough. Are you guys targeting mostly in Hong Kong or is it international as well? So for our first phase, it will focus on Hong Kong because we want to tell the people in our lives that this is happening right here in Hong Kong. Yeah. I just cannot agree more that even though this is such a difficult topic to even just like mention it, and it definitely triggers a lot of hard feelings in a lot of people, we need to talk about this because it's happening every day in our society, whether we acknowledge it or not, like we need to normalize this conversation. And it's just so great. Like, I just can't express how much I admire you guys for doing this because it's so needed right now. And 
like why now in particular? Is there anything that inspired you guys, or was it some personal experiences that made you guys decide to do this now? It all started with like the boys' locker room. I feel like that news, like that issue, really hit it off like globally as well because the recent news of like boys' locker room, where a group of boys talk about they share girls' images from social media and basically talk about like sexualizing girls basically in those images and those girls were all minors so I think like that issue really like blew Mm -hmm. up and like really made us think about rethink how like boys locker room is so normalized and ignored as well like the whole issue and how that is detrimental to the way that you know women and girls are viewed from such a young Mm -hmm. age they're being sexualized or for posting pictures that you know they have the full right to do so and I don't understand why people are judging or sexualizing them for it and talking about it so i think that's what really started it and also kind of triggered some of our own experiences and oh and top of that i think the uh so boys locker room was like a chat group right yeah and a lot of the boys in there were actually minors as well they were like very young Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we also wanted to just talk about how we've also personally experienced it. Like when all the girls started talking about it, then we realized like, oh my God, this is so normal. It's happened to me. It's happened to you. It's happened to her. And we really wanted to just shed more light on street harassment first, because I think that's something that a lot of girls go through like on a daily basis. And we really and it's wanted to focus on that. such a blatant display of um, a woman being disrespected for yeah. her clothes or for her body but as we said before like a lot of people will simply dismiss it yeah it is definitely a day-to-day thing like a lot of news channels or pages on instagram sexualize this girl in such a normal way and a lot of people don't even realize it because it seems so normal and people don't talk about what's wrong with it yeah So I know that for your campaign you are also including a male perspective to this am I right yeah. Yeah, 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 we yeah. do. And I see that on your website, you guys often host panel discussions and you include male speakers. So how important do you think it is to include a male voice into these topics? So I think a lot of times when people look at quote-unquote women's issues, so you know, yeah. like things about feminism and women empowerment, they will think that it's all about women, like it's only women's problems, so women will deal with it. And a lot of men specifically seem to have that to share that opinion as well like why are these women talking about feminism now you know it seems like it's all about us but honestly as a part of society you know being women or any queer people like we're all a part of society we form it so any issues that affect us so heavily so disproportionately it's also a social issue a societal issue and by including more male voices We really hope to encourage more people to understand that this is a social issue that we must all work on to solve together. It's so important to tell society that these are not just female problems, but problems of everyone. Just like you guys said, because these girls who are being sexualized, they have families, they have their fathers, brothers, husbands, who are also so heavily affected by what happens to them. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Label. In this short break, I want to tell you about the podcast I recently discovered that I know you're going to love. 
If you want to learn Spanish and connect with the 572 million people who speak Spanish around the world, you should definitely check out the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. Every week, host Tamara Marie brings you one step closer to fluency by making language learning fun and effortless. Learn Spanish Con Salsa immerses you in Latino culture and teaches Spanish through music and conversation. Delete all those boring robotic language learning apps and listen to authentic Spanish you can use in conversations with real people. Subscribe to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast now and hear a new episode every Tuesday. Just search for Learn Spanish Con Salsa wherever you're listening to this podcast. I think your organization is an amazing platform to give a voice to the unheard and create controversial conversations. But what do your parents and peers think about this? Like, are they supportive of you guys doing this? I think they're super supportive. My family members have been really happy with the work that we've been doing, and friends as well have always supported us by joining in our events, our activities, and promoting our work as well. And、so、working been, with us,、also. yeah, and working with us as well. Oh wow! So, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that, and I'm so happy for you girls. Like, it's amazing to hear that more and more people are supporting these causes. So we actually just have one last question for you girls, and it is, what do you girls love most about yourself? It's a question that all guests here have to answer, and yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Do you want to go first? You can go I'm first. still thinking. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> What do I love about myself? What I love about myself is that I'm really sensitive, and I feel like a lot of times people like tell me like, but that you're like too sensitive, like in a negative way. But、yeah. I feel like being sensitive gives me so、mm-hmm. much strength because if I didn't feel for things, then I wouldn't have the drive or determination. Because whatever I do, it always comes from my sensitivity. The fact that、mm-hmm. I feel so much for it—that's what drives me to really be passionate about it. You know, whether it comes to the organization work or even my studies and everything that I do, it's always linked with you know what I feel, my compassion, my sensitivity. So I definitely think that is what I love about myself the most. As for me, I would say my ability to question myself and my perspective over and over again. I think this really helps me continuously evolve and change very consciously, and it makes me adopt different perspectives into my own. I think even when it comes to like feminism itself, I question like where I am right now, what I am thinking, and whether what other people have to say, even when they're clearly saying something completely opposite of my own opinion. How can I be in their position and understand them where they're coming from? And that helps me kind of just connect better with、mm-hmm. the world. I think that is definitely something very useful and important to have, especially you're running an organization now.、Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for the both of you, and you're still in university. There's just so much you can do with your organization, and like also on a personal level. So I'm definitely going to stay tuned on what's going on with your organization, what's coming up with your social media and website. So can you tell us your social media handle and where we can find more information? 
Okay, so you can follow us on Instagram. So it's called amakokoseli.hk. So A-A-M-A-K-O-K-O-S-E-L-I.hk. And our website is the same thing, amakokoseli.com. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And it's been a great pleasure to have you guys on here and to chat with you guys about all of these very important topics. So we wish you all the best. And we definitely hope to have you guys on here soon again. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Label. Don't forget to subscribe and to follow our Instagram at The Blue Journal for your daily dose of self-love.